It is Tuesday, November 24th, and last Friday was the Transgender Day of Remembrance, or the day we commemorate those who have been murdered as a result of transphobia in the past year. Welcome back to the Prejudice Coverage Podcast. I'm Tom Ella, and Black Lives Matter activists here in New York City held a vigil in Washington Square Park for the day, sharing impassioned, vulnerable stories, sending up paper lanterns to flicker and burn against the night sky, and to come together as a community linked not only by gender or sexual identity or even by compassion for one another, but by persecution. Each of the 37 murdered transgender people from 2020, the deadliest year on record, was represented by a picture frame in the center of the crowd. An entire life, their relationships, their creativity, their spirit and love, all reduced down to a four inch by six inch frame on the ground. Tragically, as we are mourning together, the body of a 38th murdered trans person was found in Houston, Texas. 22 year old Asia Foster was discovered with multiple gunshot wounds killed on the Transgender Day of Remembrance. And as of this recording, her killer is still unknown. Asia's friends and family held a vigil on Sunday, pledging that she will not be forgotten. Transgender Day of Remembrance is not merely to grieve collectively for those we've lost, but to recognize the importance of celebrating and protecting transgender people while they are still alive. Last Tuesday, we introduced you to the Stonewall protests. This is where the Black Lives Matter community in New York City plants its flag each week to fight for black queer and black trans liberation. Protesters here affectionately refer to each other as family and call the demonstrations church. Activists Joel Rivera and Queen Jean have organized and led the Stonewall protests every Thursday for months, making them the longest running and now most consistently popular marches in the city. This week, we're giving you a better sense of what it's actually like on the ground, from the logistics of how bicyclists protect the protesters, to what it means to turn a look, to what it actually sounds like to fight for black queer and black trans liberation. But we'll begin our journey with Queen Jean as she stops the march in front of a restaurant where diners are enjoying a night out. Queen Jean has made it a habit now to address outdoor diners, challenging them to recognize the privilege that is the luxury of a night on the town while transgender people are fighting for their very existence. Do not think that we can all revel that Biden is president. That is not the solution. That is not the absolution for black people in this No! We are here because we are still fighting for black lives. We will continue to fight for black lives. 
Black trans people are under attack each and every day. So tonight when you go home, I would love for you to do all of us a favor. Go to For The Girls, go on Instagram, For The Girls, and donate. Black trans people need your support. We are demanding your support. Oh yes, open up those phones, honey. Oh yes, I know you have them. We know you have them. Tonight, when you go home, when you leave from this lovely white picket fence dinner, understand that the very people on the other side of the fence, they are struggling. The people on the other side of the fence that you've ignored, that you've kept in the back of your mind, know that they were the ones that raised you. Know that they were the very black people that breastfed you. your absolution. Do not think that you are somehow absolved because you voted for Biden. That is just the beginning. We have an opportunity here to build community. We have an opportunity to heal the black people that have suffered. So when you leave from this place, make it your duty to start supporting. Make it your duty to show up for the black lives of this country. Have a lovely night. Now I'm hanging out with Maddie. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your preferred pronoun? She, her. She, her. Cool. Yes. And you are one of the bikers who's yes. protecting this. Can you describe to me very quickly for people who don't know what the role of a biker is? The primary role is just like securing the mark. So what we do is we make the route. The organizers decide where you want to go and basically we just make sure that you get there in one piece. So a lot of it is holding intersections while we're crossing, and then it's directing people down the streets. It's also trying to make sure that we are creating security between the police and the march, and being aware of where the cops are and how they are moving. So that way everybody, as they're marching right, feels safe, feels secure, feels like they know that they can get to where they want to go. I remember, I feel like the first handful of Stonewall marches, they didn't really have the same level of bike support they have now. Yeah. That seems like it was a conscious decision at some point. Can you sort of describe what happened there? So, Stonewall was happening every Thursday, but then there were also a variety of different rides that were happening on Thursdays. And then we actively decided, right, that the fight for black trans lives is the most important fight right now. And so if we're going to put our resources anywhere, we should be showing up for black trans lives. And can you explain why black trans lives would need so much attention right now? Right now, black trans lives, specifically black trans women, are the most oppressed and they face the highest rates of violence. They're also the violence that is the least seen, especially in media. We see, right, that you have to be digging through news stories to find out about black trans people who have lost their lives and so much of the time the mainstream media is not covering it because also they're the people that under the shadows of so many other leaders have held this movement and have stood as the foundation for the black lives matter movement and so often that is skipped over and so right now those are the people we also need to be recognizing as the people who have carried this fight for us without the the recognition and the attention that they deserve i've noticed a lot more police attention on these in the last let's say like month, month and a half. Why do you think the Snowball marches are suddenly pulling this much police attention? I think they're the most consistent march, right? So the police always know to be here. And so they show up in mass every Thursday. I think it's an active tactic to deter us from being here every Thursday. And I think that every Thursday they are just mad that we're still here. 
And I guess you've been to a lot of Stonewall marks at this point. How would you kind of describe the vibe of it? I mean, I think the focus is it's black joy. And right, we stop and we dance and we celebrate and then we also create visibility. And I think the focus is to to have a space, right, where all black queer people can be unapologetically themselves and to have that visibility and that recognition of this joy and this expression of self is is paramount and I think incredibly important to cultivate those spaces. My last question, there's always a lot of really good dancing and a lot of really good celebration, but you're always on your bike and you're away from all the dancing. How sad are you? <laughs> I mean, sometimes, sometimes I come on foot and sometimes <laughs> I like to watch. Yeah. Um, I do, when I do get to participate, it definitely is fun, but I think it's less of like a sadness and more of just like, I'm here to make this space so other people can yeah. have this joy. And that's what's most important to me. Cool, well thank you for your time and I'll let you get back obviously to protecting everyone and making sure the cops don't attack you. Today is November 12th. We are at the Stonewall March. It happens every week on Thursdays. I'm here with two of my favorite protesters. Aww. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Marika Paprika. And glory day. Yep. Okay, you are always at Stonewall. Every time, I feel like. Correct. I How think come? For me, it's just a very sacred space of queer and trans people that has been very carefully grown and supported and loved by the community and Queen Jean and Joelle and Iman, La Bujanata, Neptunite. Everyone here has like an understanding and a community, and I think it's really important to see trans, specifically black trans people and queer people celebrating joy and holding leadership space in the movement. And so I'm very happy to lend my support to the space as a physical body and as a presence and I love seeing Joelle and Queen Jean up there. You took a couple of my next questions but Sorry. we'll forgive it. Lori? <laughs> yeah, basically ditto. As a trans person, it is uh, very, very nice to have a um, to be allowed into the space that Joelle and Queen Jean and uh, Tatiana and Iman have created. They're all very supportive and very caring and I think above all else, it's like radical it's radical care for each other and I think that that's um, something that is very, very sacred. What do you think makes the Stonewall March so special? Because I feel like I've seen a lot of the other marches kind of dwindle in numbers, but Stonewall seems to be, I mean, behind us is like a crowd of, what is that, like 100, 200 people? How come the numbers are so high still, you think? What makes it so special still? First of all, I think the consistency of happening every Thursday at the same time, led by the same people, the consistency has helped people kind of plan it into their lives. And I think that the fact that La Bujanata, Queen Jean, and Joelle have very consistently said we are here, we are taking up space because we're not necessarily heard in other spaces has almost guided other organizers and organizations and 
protests to join with the Thursday marches and protests. And I think also because it is about creating a space of joy and celebration as well as protest. And I mean, through that is the form of protest that people are able to connect with and support. I think that's a fact, like a tiny piece of it. I think that there's a lot of love in the community and a lot of connection that people have formed of like, they see the same faces every week and they have grown and cared for everyone in the space. I also think that um, Queen Jean and all the other organizers are really good at organizing a space where people are allowed to share and experience heightened emotion, whether that be like joy or anger or pain or exhaustion. And at like any heightened emotion, it's really easy and actually very human to like flow in between all of them. But um, underneath it all is this very big baseline of un- an understanding like I got you, you got me. So while someone has the space to express themselves, it's always under the understanding that it will never jeopardize anyone else. It will never jeopardize the group. And there will be support no matter what, but there will also be um, accountability and care for each other. Every week they say the instructions are to turn a look. Mm-hmm. How seriously do you take this instruction? I think the things I keep in mind are, am I, <laughs> my wardrobe is limited, whatever. But um, I try and I think it's very important to go with what you're comfortable with. Whether that is, you know, you've decided to be comfortable by pushing your comfort or to be comfortable by coming in a certain attire. I wouldn't say I, like, turn a huge look every week, but I usually try and have at least one aspect that's maybe different from how I would be every day because I think, you know, it is a space where people... It's not just for yourself, but it's for other people. Other people will look at you and, and feel joy and happiness to see somebody else expressing themselves. As a trans person, I think it's really important to see other trans people living in joy and happiness and truth of how they express themselves because that's not something that we get to do every day and so I think the turning up the turning a look is like hey we're giving you a safe space to come and express yourself how you want to express yourself and so I think in that sense I take it very seriously in the sense of like coming in a full gown every week maybe a little less so but yeah I think it's definitely um all about like what makes you feel empowered that day Everyone likes to feel good, and a lot of times when you look good, you feel good, and you feel more capable and strong, And but I think ultimately it's an understanding within um, the queer trans community that our, the way that we present is meant to be celebrated, and for so long a lot of queer and trans people do not experience that, and they're scared to present however they want to present. And so to me, the eternal look instructions really show that no matter what, there is permission to exist however you want to exist on any given day and that that identity is fluid. So that's how I take it seriously. It's just when you look good, you feel good. When you feel good, you feel empowered. I forgot to ask, what are your pronouns? Oh, thank you. Uh, They, them. They, them. Great. Okay. Well, I will let you all get back to celebrating and dancing and um, enjoying the sacred space. Thank you so much to Joelle and Queen for organizing and leading the Stonewall protests every single week, rain or shine, hell or high water, (laughs) to Maddie and the rest of the bicyclists for protecting everyone, to Marika and Glory for sharing with us all, 
and to you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review and recommend us to a friend. NYC Protest Coverage is made up of a talented staff working day and night to keep this ship running smoothly. Follow us at NYC Protest Coverage on Instagram for breaking news, photos, videos, and live streams. So until next week, we'll see you in the streets. Thank you.